Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, September 20th, 2021. I'm one of your host, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma-Fine-Gettys. Bless, I'm happy to be here with you on a Monday. It's going to be good. Little Nas X Day, right? Like, that's what we're going to call today from henceforth. Is that what today is? Little Nas X Day? I'm going to call it that. It just feels right. You know, it's I mean, the album came out Montero, on Friday, baby. but like we can. I know, but for it's me, like every day is the Nas X day. For me. And that's the thing is I feel like it came out on Friday, but it's really hitting on this mm. Monday. You know what I mean? Mm. Montero Monday. Time. That's what time I'm going to sit with that, it during the weekend, better. listen to it. Tim, this weekend was a weekend of dreams for me because I put mm-hmm. out a tweet on, on Friday about all the different things that I have lined up. Right. There was Deltrune. Chapter two came out. Montero, the album came out. I had to get a haircut late last week. Uh, there was sex education on Netflix, which mm-hmm. I binged all in one go. I rarely Good do that, where I sit down from episode one and watch all eight episodes in one go. But I did that on Saturday alongside playing a game at the same time, and it was bliss. It was one of the best Saturdays I've had in a while because I just got Hell to sit yeah. down and do my thing, and I absolutely loved it. By the way, is that a new jacket? Uh, it's not new, but it's rarely worn. It gets a little okay. hot. You know, normally for for keen-eyed viewers out there, I rarely go an entire episode wearing the jacket because it gets a little spicy over here. You know what I'm Mm. talking about? I have a feeling this one's not going to make it past story two. Just saying. Oh, we will see. Now, Tim, before I actually get into any of the new stories, I already fucking know where this is going. Yeah. This morning, I saw something upsetting, Tim. I'm sorry. It was was a poll put out there by Greg Miller. And you're part part of the problem, Tim. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. You're part part of the the problem. problem. I get it. I get it. Host of PS Love You XOXO and man who's about to have a child named Greg Miller put out a tweet saying or asking people which is better between the McGriddle and the McMuffin. And I was disheartened to see that that poll is neck and neck. And people aren't people people aren't just like voting for the ob- the very obvious answer, which is the McGriddle. The McGriddle is leaps and bounds better than the McMuffin. You're crazy. You're you're you- crazy. You too, Kevin? Yeah, a hundred percent. Come on, no. get out of here. Get out of here. No, it's too sweet. What is the, what is the How argument for the Mc, for the uh, McMuffin? The, the argument for the it's McMuffin, from perfect. where I stand, is it is just such a good basic. Like, wait, are is, we, wait, just just sorry, sorry, just to clarify, we're talking about the sausage McMuffin. I'm talking about Mc, I'm talking about period. Doesn't even matter. You compare yeah. you compare mm-hmm. the comparable sausage McMuffin versus sausage McGriddle, bacon egg and cheese McMuffin versus bacon egg and cheese McGriddle. Pound for pound, like fight for fight, it's the McGriddle every single time. Isn't that it's right, not. Barrett? Uh, yeah, so I, I weighed in. I was like, how is it neck and neck? I was very surprised to see it like 50 50, literally, uh, on the dot when I checked in the t- and voted in that. I mean, can you find Greg, this Bring it up, by the way. Yeah, I'm on it. And Greg tweeted back at me. He was like, which side are you on? And I responded to him, the right side. And that's all I said. And like, all I got to say is like, if you're going to, like, if you're going to, Pick a McMuffin. Just admit that you just like dry ass food. Just admit it. That's what I'm saying. You're gonna yeah, choose an English McMuffin truth. as your fucking man of the people, bread? right here. Gross, dude. Man, Barrett, man of the people, huh? 
Yeah. <laughs> That's your man's. <laughs> Come right. get your man's, boys. Come get your man's. Here's no, I can't situation, see. Is though. this 50-50? I can't see. McMuffins the, uh, is blurry. are for people who are admitting that they're old as fuck because only old people There we go. Eat, uh, English, You're thinking uh, of the fish one, dude. The McMuffin no? is amazing. The sauce That's a different old conversation. The, the fish fillet with a coffee for very old people because it's always oh, with the coffee for some fucking reason. That's how Tim always has it. None of that is so, true. So we're looking at the poll right now. McGriddle's <laughs> winning with 50.7%. Egg, Egg McMuffin is sitting has at 49.3. Oh, has one because those are the final results. Yeah. With over 8,000 votes voted in, uh, which is, you know, that that's hardening, right? Like, I was disheartened to see it be so close. But at the very least, Mc, McGriddle is with or has one, which is a good thing. I just Look, can't do with the flavorlessness of the McMuffin. See, here's the thing. There's a bunch of and the bad texture of it. No, there's just slander being thrown out. And I, I, I haven't been able to speak heard. on this fully yet. So please, bless, mm -hmm. if you will, give me this platform. Give, a, give me this holy space of Kind of Funny Games Daily to talk about the realities here. The reality is, the neither of these are, are bad things. It's a personal preference. I think this poll is fantastic. Hitting that 50-50 level, I get it. Because at the end of the day, the McGriddle is divisive. The McGriddle, to me, the problem is, you can talk about how dry the, the Egg McMuffin is. It is dry on where it's supposed to be dry, and it's wet where it's supposed to be wet. Unlike the McGriddle, that is just inconsistent, and while it itself the dryness doesn't matter as much. It makes your insides dry. You're biting on this thing. You're chomping on this thing. And every single bite, your insides are turning into SpongeBob and all of those memes where it's just so dry. Why is there never enough syrup in all the right places? It always just kind of feels what? like you're, you're eating dry syrup. It's uh-uh, uh-uh. What? But I understand there's a personal taste for that. There's people that, that enjoy that type of torture inside their bodies. I am not one of those people. I will take the McMuffin over the McGriddle any day of the week. In fact, if a McGriddle was my only option, I might not even eat it. I might not even eat it, but that's because I'm not built of sterner stuff. I know that my insides can't handle that type of dryness. I need to be wet from here to the other hole. Wet wow. all the way. Uh, I'd like wow. to add the sausage McMuffin was for a long time on the dollar menu. Dollar menu doesn't exist anymore. It's a tragedy. I'm, I'm very sad about it. But, like, the McGriddle was never on there. That's a fancy man's burger. No, thank you. Well, no, the, the sausage McGriddle was on there. I could have sworn the sausage McGriddle was on I there. I don't believe I think so. I ordered it from there. I need a kind of funny.com slash you're wrong about the sausage McGriddle. Was that never on the dollar menu? Because I could have sworn that was on the dollar menu. Now, McGriddle, way, McGriddle was always McDonald's trying to fucking upsell all these stupid people mm -hmm. out there. Just like, yo, you can get the, the McMuffin for a dollar, which is more than enough. But, y'all, if y'all got 229 to spare... Well, have I got Ooh. the dry thing for you? It's, it's a sandwich. I don't understand why it's you a, think it's dry, you fucking weird. You're a fucking freak, Tim, because it, it dries just, out it your has, inside. This what? is my problem with just pancakes in general. What? It's okay. that fluffy type. No, hey. Y'all were saying get uh, your man's earlier. Tim you're is saying, now you're go, saying going pancakes. to war against pancakes, dude. You're saying pancakes dry out your insides. I'm not going to war against pancakes. Y'all need to listen to what I'm saying. I, I am. defense of these things. I'm just saying that with them comes facts. Neither are perfect creations. They have oh, oh, Mick, no, the, the, the McGriddle is, is the perfect The McGriddle is the best thing it's to come out of America. It's literally a pancake sandwich where the pancakes are infused with syrup. 
Yeah, dude. Yeah, like, but it's the, somebody it's the, made that, the and they were like, "Cool, I am done." It's the they same slept thing. After that, this is the same they thing on their seventh day. Andy and I talk about all the time about the hot Cheeto. Once you take the hot Cheeto dust off the hot Cheeto, it no longer has the same properties. It's the same thing here. Once you take the syrup and turn it into a solid, it is no longer what we're looking for when we're looking for syrup to put on things. I rest my case. I want to talk about some video game news because here's the deal. I'm getting hot. I'm getting hot. I want to make Dude. it through at least one story. Tim, I'm also fired up, so let's talk about today's stories, which might also get you fired up, because today's stories include a possible Quantic Dream Star Wars game, Balenciaga coming to Fortnite, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when you get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free along with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you P.S. I love you. XOXO is recording today in a couple of hours, and it isn't live for Patreon supporters. But if you have any questions about any notable PlayStation releases coming out this week, maybe write into the show with your questions before noon today. Uh, and then tomorrow, we have a Kana Bridge of Spirits stream. Tim, what's all that about? We are officially now Epic Partners, which means we have uh, Epic Creator Code, kind of funny, no spaces. You should probably be familiar with that. It's our promo code for many things in life. Oh, look at that. Kevin had Whoa. the fancy little thing ready. It's bouncing around. Roger made that. It's pretty cool. Uh, anyways, you now, whenever you're buying stuff on the Epic Game Store, if you just put the code kind of funny in the supporter creator code, little field thing. Hey, look, Kevin up again. The technology is there. Uh, anyways, it'll really help us out. You know, There's no extra cost to you, and money just goes to us. It's great. It's awesome. Awesome, including Kana Bridge of Spirits, which comes out tomorrow. And to celebrate the launch of that game, uh, Andy Cortez is going to be doing the stream right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games hanging out with y'all and the biggest thing, the coolest thing, we're going to be giving away a bunch of codes for the game. So hang out, be in the chat. You'll be able to get some some Kana action. Hell yeah, and that's not it for special streams this week, because Thursday, we're playing World War Z Aftermath for a sponsored stream. Uh, you can swing by at 11 a.m. Pacific time right after Kind of Funny Games Daily to see Greg, Mike, Andy, and myself blast some zombies. If you miss it live, it'll be on our newest YouTube channel, youtube.com slash plays right after. And then also a reminder that it is September on Twitch. Viewers from across the platform throughout the month can take advantage of 20% off subscriptions for first-time subscribers and for gifted subs. Your support means the world to us here at kind of funny and right now you can take advantage of this deal and receive benefits like ad free viewing sub emotes and more thank you to our patreon producers the kind of funny destiny 2 pc clan blackjack or and blackjack today brought to you by DraftKings, away and amazon music but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the rope report it's time for some news we have six stories today starting with our number one a big one could quantic dream be making a star wars game i am pulling from jared moore at ign quantic dream the developer behind heavy rain and enjoy become human is rumored to be making a star wars game the rumor has surfaced courtesy of french youtuber Gataz who reports that the studio has signed on with Disney. This follows the company's shift to multi-platform after a long history of working exclusively with Sony. 
As always, all rumors should not be taken at face value, but DualShockers reports that it has its own sources that confirm that Quantic Dream is working on a Star Wars game. This site reports that its source, quote, provided overwhelming evidence, end quote, of having connections within Quantic Dream, and that the Star Wars game has been the studio's project for around 18 months. The report notes that it is unclear what exactly that 18-month time frame entails, but rumors within the French developer community suggest that the game may have only begun full development in the past few months. While there has been no official word surrounding an upcoming Star Wars game from Quantic Dream, DualShockers reporter Tom Henderson captured a screenshot from Twitter that showed the company had liked a tweet discussing the rumors. This far from confirms that Quantic Dream is making a Star Wars game, of course, but the studio has since removed its like from the tweet. Tim Ma fucking Gettys. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this news? Um, I would say that I, I don't necessarily believe it. Like this seems a little too out there because Quantic Dream doesn't seem like they'd be the type to, to work with established IPs, especially not IPs like Star Wars. They seem a little bit more... I don't want to say art house, but dedicated to their own ideas, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but just looking at the chat, I saw Jeff Grubb just say they are. So I believe Jeff Grubb. <laughs> so that <laughs> completely with those two words t- changes my mind on this. And I'm like, all right, cool. Now let's think about what this could be. Uh, regardless of whether I thought it was going to happen or or not, I am excited by this idea um, for a couple reasons. One, I really like Detroit Become Human. I thought I had a lot of interesting ideas. I like these kind of choice-based games, like narrative-based games um i think that they broaden the scope of what video games can be in a ton of ways and like that this interactive movie concept that we've we've seen a whole bunch over i mean since the inception of video games to some extent um well maybe not the inception but definitely the last Mm. couple generations um i really enjoy that we have things like netflix trying to do its video game stuff to make movies interactive like on an actual movie level we've seen things like erica um and and other examples like that but i think it always works better when it starts from the game side and it's like the game side has a good story to tell and like they kind of treat the game like a movie as opposed to treating a movie like a game if that makes sense um the Quantic Dream games haven't always spoke to me. I don't think that they always stick the landing. And I think that there, there's always problematic issues here and there and all that type of stuff. But I actually think that having the restraint in some ways of a galaxy far, far away uh, around them, the, the idea of this IP, there, there's there's known rules, there's known entities and quantities to it all, could actually result in a really, really interesting um, story from from quantum quantic that i would like to see and on top of that is something i would love to see from star wars at this time you know it reminds me a lot of when knights of the old republic came out originally 20 years ago and it really felt like it was this to an extent choose your own adventure star wars game and i like that here because quantic dreams has the production value they have the talent they have the the skills to be able to make stories shine and player choice shine add that in the star wars wrapper that could be really cool yeah like i'm with it too like i think this is an interesting direction for what a star wars game could be because i the quantic dream games historically i actually do enjoy them quite a bit uh like they have their faults here and there but specifically heavy rain and more specifically detroit become human i actually did like detroit become human quite a bit and i think taking that production value and applying it to star wars could could lead to something that's interesting at the very least because when i think of a star wars game i do think of jedi fallen order or i think of uh battlefront or i think of something that is more actiony than not 
I really do like the idea of what if we took Star Wars and made it a choose your own adventure and the way that Telltale made a lot of licensed choose your own adventure games, right? Between Walking Dead uh, and Guardians and Game of Thrones and all these things, right? Tales from the Borderlands. Some of those were hits. Some of those weren't as much hits, but I think that did lead to certain IPs being used and explored in very interesting ways. Like the one I always go back to would be Tales from the Borderlands, right? Tales from the Borderlands got me invested in the Borderlands world more so than any actual Borderlands game itself. I really, really enjoyed Tales from the Borderlands. And for me, that was a gateway into getting more into that franchise, right? Even Walking Dead, you know, I liked Walking Dead from the TV show, jumping into the Walking Dead video game and having it be this, hey, you're playing as Lee, hey, you're going through this adventure, you are, you know, choosing, you're making certain choices that, that is leading to people either living or dying or big things happening in the world. To me, that's always a fascinating concept in IP that already exists. I like the idea of being able to play as my own Jedi or play as my own, like, whoever, right? Like a stormtrooper that's turned good, right? In the case of, of Finn. I like the idea of being able to take my own main character and actually carve out my own space in the universe. I think that's, I think where that gets tricky is how how precious is Star Wars with their IP? And do they want, do they want, a developer like Quantic Dream to be able to determine like, hey, we have characters that now have, like, is the, is the Doctor Strange looking to a bunch of different uh, dimensions thing or a bunch of different timelines thing of like, oh yeah, like Ray Skywalker has a specific story because they told that story through three movies. But this other character, Ray Quantic Dream, is <laughs> just like, it, it's out there causing a ruckus and has so many different choices and we can't actually apply this character into like specific stories because that is a, it, there's a butterfly effect there. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to bite my tongue and not even make any of the easy jokes about the, the consistency <laughs> or lack thereof of character uh -huh. in, in the modern Star Wars movies. Uh, but regardless of that, uh, what I think is interesting here, you bring up the Telltale thing. I think that, uh, you know, we the industry kind of got overloaded with Telltale using the same engine for, for so long and the problems that came with that and all that. And I think that what excites me about the Quantic side of stuff is that triple A mindset, right? Like that's what I think can really serve Star Wars where the, the ex expectations would be a little bit higher than what was five years ago. The expectation that if there was a license out there, Telltale was going to make a game about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there was, if they had the ability, they were going to do it. And I, I think they hear, it seems a bit more, uh, if this is real, of a purposeful choice that we've been seeing a lot of recently with the Marvel IP and now the Star Wars IP that after being tied up with EA for so long, it is, it's now them kind of fishing them out, selling them out to the different studios that they want to work with, with obvious visions of purpose of a game that they're trying to create with this specific group. Um, and you see that with them working with Ubisoft on a division style game and that type of stuff. And I think that's cool. And I think that's interesting. And that this is probably the most excited I can be about a quantum dream game. And that's cheating in a lot of ways. And I don't think that that's going to, I don't think what I just said is going to be a popular opinion among many people, but for me, Hey, sign me up. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think for me, this Quantic Dream coming out and announcing a random ass next game probably wouldn't get me as excited because I feel like Quantic Dream over the course of the last decade have kind of shown us what they can do and kind of what their their thing is. And I think a lot of people are either in for it or a lot of people are very over it. And I think a Star Wars game is the most excited I can be for a Quantic Dream game. It is also the most nervous I can be for a Star Wars game. You know, like I don't, that that isn't my go-to in terms of what I want from Star Wars. I like the idea of it being choose your own adventure. I like, I 
the Detroit Become Human butterfly effect, I don't think gets enough credit for how actually cool uh, and exciting that thing was. Like for me, it was, it, it did really rival in a lot of ways exceeded Until Dawn's butterfly effect, which I think was the one that really like overshadowed a lot of what Quantic Dream had done before that. And so if you can take that butterfly effect and apply it to Star Wars and take the production value and like the, the, um, graphic direction because i do like how those games look as well if you can take all of that the cinematic presentation and apply it to star wars i think there's something special you can do there and i think star wars would be the thing that would reel them in in terms of their insane batshit stories sometime like i like totally. i i think quantic dream has talent as a studio i don't necessarily love david cage cage's direction with his games and with his stories and all that stuff but i think quantic dream as a studio has stuff that they can do well and if they're able to hone that in and use that for Star Wars, I think that can be promising. Love it. I want to bring in a question from BJ Bernardo, Independent, who writes in and says, Hey, y'all, what do you think Quantic Dream will create with the Star Wars license? What other studio should take a crack at Star Wars? How selective will Disney be uh, handing out the Star Wars license? Will we all of a sudden get a bunch of Star Wars game announcements? Thanks, BJ. Tim, those are a lot of questions. Which do you want to st start with? Uh, I mean, let, let's go one by one. What do you think Quantic Dreams will create with the Star Wars license? I think we just talked about it a little bit, but I do imagine it'll be a butterfly effect style narrative story. Um, I imagine it will be Jedi focused and it, it will be light side, dark side, fairly traditional Star Wars storytelling. Mm. But I do think that there will be some compelling characters that we've never heard of. I don't expect it necessarily to re be relating to any characters we know. Um, we are due for a High Republic game. I am very surprised we're getting a Knights of the Old Republic remake and not a High Republic game. Uh, Knights of the High Republic, to some extent, whatever that could look like. So having said that, wouldn't be surprised if it, it takes place there. And kind of that would allow it to be its own thing because no one's familiar with these characters. And when I say no one, I mean very few people relatively, right? There are people that read the novels and the comics and all of that. But they, they are much fewer in numbers than the millions upon millions that consume the the movies and tv shows to an extent yeah i would love a star wars force unleashed style i'm playing as a jedi and i'm choosing light side or dark side through my choices and the butterfly effects kind of ripples into oh you're moving more towards light side or you're moving more towards dark side but take that of course apply it to something narrative i don't think that it is a given that this game is going to be choose your own adventure of course that's what we jump to when it comes comes to quantic dream but there's always a chance that like maybe they're like fuck it let's make an action game or maybe they're like you know fuck it let's make a card based card based game or something along those lines given that it's quantic dream and us like flowing with the uh, okay choose your own adventure thing i will i would love to be able to be able to, i would love to be able to have a jedi and choose like dark side light side and make very impactful choices that's going to get a planet destroyed or some shit i think that could be fun for the second question what other studio should take a crack at star wars I mean, this is a this is a weird one where we're just at this point of saturation uh, with with these IP where it's like we've kind of seen a ton of people do Star Wars games, right? Like we understand what Star Wars can look like in a variety of genres. I mean, it's almost as if there's been so many Star Wars games that somebody should make an episode of a show called The Blessing Show about Star Wars games and, and yeah, what they mean to do people. That, yeah. And if they were to do it, where would they post that video? Probably on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. I'm sure if you go there, you scroll down, there's probably a blessing show playlist. 
probably that could have that episode if that episode mm, is out there mm, mm. well that episode made a lot of good points and some of those points are that star wars is this unique thing that means a lot to a lot of people but star wars video games are a unique thing that mean a lot to a lot of people and they they there's there's a lot of good there's a lot of bad there's a lot of fantastic and there's a lot of dog shit so they kind mm. of have been all over the place with this but because of that i think that we've kind of seen almost every genre tackled in some way shape or form uh and and be successful and have have kind of some wins so i don't really necessarily at this point have a studio that i'm like oh man i'd love to see a naughty dog star wars game of course i would but at the same time we've kind of gotten elements of that right like jedi fallen order was close enough for me uh had enough uncharted like elements in it and narrative type mm. things that i'm like we i get what that looks like so yeah, we have that yeah, yeah, we have that. We have so many different things. So I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy with it. I want. I don't know what studio would make it, but I do want another Star Wars racer. I love Star Wars racers so much, and like, maybe it's Codemasters, maybe in like some alternate universe, or like in a in like a, a universe where playground games can make another team to work on a Star Wars game because I, I do want them to continue to churn out. Uh, uh, the Forza Horizons, and they're working on Fable, of course. But if they could have like another team to work on a Star Wars racer, God, I'd be all about it. I'd love yeah. that so much. I mean, dude, that would be that would be awesome. I mean, again, this is kind of the the thing that we were talking about earlier about like Star Wars games can mean so many things to different people. Like, regardless of your takes on the original trilogy, prequel trilogy, sequel trilogy, any other element to it, there are people that are nostalgic for all of them, and there are things and elements. The, that quality of the rest of it around it notwithstanding like pod racing means something to me and it means something to you bless oh, yeah. and a lot of that has to do with the age we are and the video games that came with it and the experiences around that so i feel like pod racing is one of the least utilized elements of star wars that should be getting even more but at the end of the day how can i say that when it literally got an arcade game where you got to be an anakin's pod racer and yeah. a home release that has now been re-released on modern consoles like yeah. good for them like multiple console games between the one that came on an sc4 and the one that came out on ps2 then yeah a re-release where I, I played it again on ps4 and damn near platinum platinumed it except i Hell couldn't yeah. get the one trophy couldn't get the one trophy <laughs> always the one. because i <laughs> used the cheat code and that erased my progress uh one that is not going to happen but i'm going to throw out there Give me a housemark third-person shooter Star Wars game. I think that a Star Wars roguelite that is just a, a, a reskin Returnal is what I'm asking for. <laughs> I think that would be fucking bonkers. Yeah, that'd be interesting. And then the last one here, right? How selective will Disney be in handing out Star Wars licenses? Will we all of a sudden get a bunch of Star Wars game announcements? I mean, we're there already, right? Like, I feel like that's actually happening in the last yeah, year right we got the 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 massive one we got the kotor we got the star wars hunters i think it's called mm -hmm. the switch um game that might have come out already i don't know but it, <laughs> that's one of those under the that's radar a good one. question um but yeah no i think that this is that we're already in full-on evacuate the dance floor from ea type situation and then inevitably we got jedi fallen order 2 coming out whatever that is whenever that is i hope that that's soon that's what i want more than anything of these games mm -hmm. yeah star wars hunters is coming out 2022 and yeah i'm with you that we're yeah we're pretty much at that place and i welcome it as long as it's being done in a way that is doing the star wars games the best ser like service they can do right like we get we have marvel games doing a very similar thing and it seems like disney is very much uh uh mirroring that strategy and it's worked well for marvel games right like we've gotten spider-man we've gotten uh ultimate alliance we've got we've gotten some games that weren't as great in the case of marvel uh, versus capcom infinite but 
we're getting enough hits that like I think it's worth the misses. And if if Star Wars can emulate that and give us enough hits where we're like, let's go, this is success. We're getting our Jedi Fallen Orders. We're getting maybe better Battlefront games. I know, I know there are people out there that are playing Battlefront 2 and that game has kind of turned it around. And so we're getting games like that. We're getting way better Star Wars releases that I'm all for. It. If this KOTOR remake is dope, I'm all for it. Yep. Tim, let's move on to story number two. Atlas is celebrating Persona's 25th anniversary. I'm pulling from Nibel on Twitter. Atlas has announced, or Atlas has launched the Western Persona 25th anniversary website. On the website reads, quote, this September, the Persona series will celebrate its 25th anniversary and has also officially reached 15 million units sold worldwide. We want to thank everyone who has supported and helped push the series forward through all these years. To thank you all, we're preparing a year-long campaign from September 2021 to fall 2022 as the Persona 25th anniversary year, and we can't wait for you to see everything we've got planned for the festivities. With 25th anniversary merchandise, events, collaborations, and even game information, we'll have many exciting announcements for Western fans and worldwide throughout the, the anniversary year. We hope you're looking forward to them. End quote. Tim, I know you're not as much of a Persona person, but I am, and I am very excited for whatever whatever this is. I don't, I don't expect anything like out of this world, right? Like they're not going to announce Persona Six. They're not going to announce anything super crazy. But they're going to announce they're done. They're like, we did it. Bye guys. <laughs> we, Persona Persona's done. We, we roll credits on everything. Thanks for for hanging out with us. No, they, no I mean, real, they, real real talk though, bless. Like, mm-hmm. aren't they going to announce Persona Six? Like, no way. But I mean, when they announced Persona Five, when did it come out? When did its re-release come out? Like we are now years and years and years away from the announcement of the last game so it's like they got to announce it at some point right do you think that it's not gonna happen like it's gonna happen so why not next year i think it's just a question of how far away is is it and i think you make the good point of persona 5 was announced forever ago right like they're not afraid to announce things super early right persona is in that category of game where it is it is kingdom hearts it is uh final fantasy they'll announce it and then wait for years and years and years for it to come out as they develop it they're fine with doing that but I do think there's still some more uh, gas left in the tank for Persona 5 in terms of different types of games. Because we've gotten Persona 5 Strikers. We've gotten the the dancing game. I do think you can put out a Persona fighting game uh, for Persona 5. I think that's still left. I think there are, pro- there are probably unexpected games that they can make with Persona 5 that would fit in with, hey, let's celebrate the anniversary based on the games that you've already gotten. And like let's continue to iterate. Because I think that is where Persona gets a lot of the the like that's where persona gets a lot of its shoes by releasing yeah. the mainline title and then releasing a bunch of titles surrounding that mainline title in order to like continue to mo- continuing to monetize it i mean i think i think they're going to continue to do that but i'm just talking about an announcement because like if you think about it and let me know when you're wrong if i get this incorrect but breath of the wild was announced and then like you know it was a long time until oh, it yeah. actually came out but then it came out in 2017 was Persona 5 announced before Breath of the Wild? Oh, that's a good question. Either way, it was around it. It was near it. And it also then came out in 2017, 2018. 2017. Jesus, what in, a good just, year for video games. Yeah, exactly. And so think about that. It's been now years. And I'm just talking about an announcement. Like, I'm not saying it's going to come out next year. But I think I would put money on we get a Persona 6 announcement uh, in this Persona 25th anniversary year celebration. 
Yeah, Neil Bologis in chat is saying Persona 5 was announced in 2013. So that was, what, four years from announcement to actual release. Persona 5 was sense. announced eight years ago. <laughs> and, and honestly, that feels accurate. <laughs> like, as, as wild as it is to say out loud, it feels like Persona 5. I remember seeing the, like the the ball and chain to the mm -hmm. the school chair like that that imagery has stuck with me for what feels like it's been at least over an, over half a decade and so that actually does make sense but you know persona 6 would be i think the most insane announcement out of this thing i think that is high hopes but i won't rule it out right as like an impossibility you may i think that is a good point that like again they can announce it and we won't get it for four years and that would make sense for persona but it's i do be fine I do because we're all everyone's gonna be playing persona 5 on switch so it's okay and I mean, hey, maybe, right? Like, I know uh, there's a lot of doubters out there, but I like to believe that one day we could get Persona 5 on Switch or on other platforms. We will. Uh, but at the very least, we'll get, I think, more spinoff Persona games. And I think that's an exciting thing. And then also, like, the merchandise, collaborations, all that shit. Always very exciting for me. And so I'm looking forward to that. But for now, let me remind you that you can go to patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Away. Whether you're running to the grocery store, planning a weekend away, or taking an extended stay with friends or family, we're all still in the bizarre current reality of travel. Luckily, Away makes trips all kinds of easy peasy with their actual life-changing range of suitcases, bags, and accessories. I love Away. Uh, you know, us at Kind of Funny, we travel a whole bunch, or at least we used to, and I never would travel without my Away luggage. I love it. It is so smooth to just roll that thing. It's beautiful, very nice to look at. You know me, I care about aesthetics, and so does Away. An Away bag is one of those things that once you get your hands on it, it makes you wonder how the heck you lived without it. It is easily the best luggage I've ever had. Away offers a 100-day trial and free shipping and returns on everything so you can't lose you can start your 100 day trial and shop the entire away lineup of travel essentials including their best-selling suitcases at awaytravel.com kfgd that's awaytravel.com kfgd a-w-a-y-t-r-a-v-e-l.com slash kfgd D. Next up, shout out to Amazon Music. Amazon Music has over 10 million free podcast episodes to listen to, including this one. But Amazon Music isn't just for listening to podcasts. That'd be ridiculous considering it's Amazon Music. Uh, they've also got thousands of music stations and top playlists to stream for free. And no matter what you're listening to, you can even go hands-free with Alexa. You just download the app and enjoy listening free wherever, anywhere on your favorite devices. There's no credit card or subscription required. Um, I've been listening to Bo Burnham's Inside for the, I don't know, millionth time this year. And Amazon Music makes that fun, makes that easy. And man, what, a, what an experience that is. I recommend it to everybody. Uh, if you've never tried Amazon Music, what are you waiting for? You're going to love it as much as we all do. Uh, start listening for free today. Head over to Amazon.com slash KFGD. That's Amazon.com slash KFGD to stream thousands of music stations and over 10 million podcast episodes for free, including this show. Amazon.com slash KFGD.
And finally, shout out to DraftKings. It's been one heck of a kickoff for the NFL season, Andy keeps telling me, and it's only getting better at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. DraftKings is putting new customers in the center of the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in on the action now. All you have to do is pick up your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and the best part is you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want you can download the DraftKings app now and use code kfgd download the DraftKings app now and use code kfgd this week new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes enter the code kfgd to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit that's code kfgd only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the nfl there's a minimum five dollar deposit required eligibility restrictions apply see DraftKings kings.com for details but remember code kfgd at DraftKings. and so i threw the mcmuffin out the window story number three this is another kev check-in for fortnite uh fashion brand balenciaga joins fortnite kevin i have images if, if, <laughs> if you can pull up the images from their website uh, i'm reading directly from the epic games website the runway isn't about showing off it's about being you on September 20th, 2021, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, digital fashion comes to life in Fortnite. C, Ramirez, Dago, and others express themselves in a whole new way with help from the Balenciaga Fit Set. Show the world your unexpected side with the set's apparel, uh, free, sp- free sprays, the Strange Times Featured Hub, and a live photography campaign. Inspired by authentic archival looks from luxury fashion house Balenciaga, here are all the items arriving in the item shop. You're getting a Balenciaga fit fits. You're getting Balenciaga fit back blings, Balenciaga fit pickaxe, glider, wrap, and emote, and then free sprays in style. Something else you'll notice in the Strange Times hub is billboards all around. This is your time to shine. From now until September 23rd uh, at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, join our live lookbook campaign by expressing your style in creative Fortnite images that match up your uniqueness with unexpected elements. We'll be featuring images that highlight your individuality and uh, in the Strange Times hub starting when it goes live and refreshing them multiple times throughout the hub's run. It doesn't matter the gear you have equipped, just be you. Make Fortnite your fashion destination this fall. Now, before I get to Kevin, because I know I, Kevin is the, the Fortnite correspondent here. Tim, I want you to speak because I, 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 I know you're not the big Fortnite guy, but I'm sure you are very aware of Balenciaga. <laughs> I am. I mean, my, my girl Dorit uh, is the biggest fan of Balenciaga that I know, and she is a fashion icon. If I could uh, dress like one person for the rest of my life, it would be Dorit Kemsley. Um, but this is very surprising, but at the same time, not surprising at all. Epic are just like, you know what? Fuck it. Fortnite can be and will be everything to everyone. So why not try these different things, right? And like, I think that it's kind of cool that a lot of video games, not just Fortnite, but like even just like 100 Thieves has been doing a lot of collaborations with Gucci and shit. Like, I like that video games are leveling up with this kind of like indulgent world to an extent not that everything should be that way but i like that what video games can be and what the culture around video games is is evolving to be many more things had a lot of internet tech issues and so me and tim are going to pick up from story number four 
if for some reason we only got half of story number three, our apologies, but we are back. I got to pause the stream because now I'm hearing myself. Uh, but we're back. Of course, Barrett came to the rescue. Thank you, Barrett. You're the homie. You're the best. Yeah. Uh, Greg Miller, if you're watching this, give Barrett Corny a raise. Story number four. Neil Druckmann will direct some of the Last of Us TV series. This is from Chris Scullion at Video Games Chronicle. Neil Druckmann will be one of the directors on the first season of the Last of Us TV series. An updated production list on the Directors Guild of Canada website lists the Naughty Dog co-president as one of five directors for the first season. The pilot episode was directed by Kantemir Balagov, who posted a photo of an empty slate on Instagram last month when filming wrapped, along with the message, quote, my job here is done, end quote. The Last of Us adaptation is the first television series from PlayStation Productions, a studio formed by Sony Interactive Entertainment to adapt its original game properties for film and TV. Druckmann, the writer and director behind The Last of Us games and Uncharted 4, was promoted to co-president of developer or yeah, co-president of developer Naughty Dog in December 2020. Tim, how do you feel about this? Cool? So stoked. So unbelievably stoked. I have very high hopes for this series. Um, I think that every single news story we've heard coming out of it so far has been good news uh it being an hbo project it the, having the budget that it does have um them pushing this this being an ip that is already established we understand what last of us is capable of in terms of storytelling and it is legit good storytelling and great character development and characters that we know and love the actors cast seem incredible and Druckmann's involvement is key to all of this and giving him the chance to get in the director's chair i think is fantastic he's proven he's a great director and i think that that will translate one-to-one -one from the video games that we've played from him to uh, an hbo last of us show like fuck yeah i can't wait for this i think that this has the potential to blow up and become something absolutely huge and mainstream and that's crazy because we're talking about a story that at the end of the day came out at kind of the peak of exhaustion of zombie storytelling and all that stuff, but somehow yeah. did enough right that it's like gets the pass for like being like, but I mean, hey, Last of Us is dope as shit. And now we've kind of hit this full circle that this game is going to be coming out, or sorry, this movie, this show is going to be coming out um, at either the same year or the year after or the year around the end of The Walking Dead show at least the core show like that's interesting to think about and i i think that undeniably it's going to knock it out of the park yeah I, you talk about this show or the game coming out at a time where zombie fiction felt like we're all we're hitting that oversaturation point but i think that's the thing that's special about the last of us is the fact that when i think about the last of us i don't really think about it as a zombie series i don't think about about it as a zombie franchise like i th i guess i do think about the post-apocalypticness of it but it stands so well on its own as a good story with amazing characters that it kind of separates itself in a way that makes it awesome in the way that like i'm very excited to see this, this tv show and i've had i've had a whole arc of starting off as uh i don't know if we need a last Swiss tv show like usually that's my go-to when it comes to video game video game adaptations do we need this is the story told well already in the game? You know, in the case of the Metal Gear Solid thing as well, I have the same feelings of, well, the games tell the story so well, and part of the story is so inherent to video games. Do I need this being adapted into a movie or a TV show? The fact that Neil Druckmann is on board for The Last of Us adaptation and is working on it as to direct an episode, that gives me so much confidence. I think that is the best news about this thing because it is the complete opposite of what we got in terms of, I think, kind of funny.com slash you're wrong i think it was the uncharted movie where uh one of the leads over there at naughty dog i think it might have been bruce Straley or somebody who was like 
yeah, we don't, we didn't like know this is happening, or we didn't want this to happen. There was some, there was some quote that was basically like, we have no involvement, like we barely even want this to happen, kind of thing. The fact that Neil Druckmann is directing an episode has me like, oh shit, they like they're, they're all in. Not, they're not only fully in approval; they are actively being involved with this thing in order to make it great. And who better to actually to who's who better to direct an episode than a person who directed the game, right? Like that is the best news possible for this thing. I mean, I. I pretty sure he's also the showrunner of the show or at least one of the showrunners like these they're heavily involved which i think is fantastic like the way i see it is you're right given the past and history of video game movies and tv shows and all that stuff with the exception of like donkey kong country which never forget classic of course um masterpiece but but jokes aside like i feel like we're living through this time with the mcu as a great example of hey, let's take great stories that were told in other mediums, comic books in that case, and tell them in a different way that in some ways has become the definitive version. Like the MCU is the definitive take on Marvel at this point to mm. more people than not, right? And I think they've done a great job for the most part adapting classic storylines and making it work for a different medium, which is the MCU it, via television and movies. I think that Last of Us is a perfect example of how they can do that. And they had that perfect storm of HBO needing a big hit, HBO being post Game of Thrones. And we're now in a world where the streaming wars are in full effect. And we have Disney Plus doing its thing with Marvel and Star Wars. We have Amazon having its biggest budget in the world, Lord of the Rings series coming next year. HBO has so much quality. They've been known, they were the only people on that level of TV for decades. Now they're not. Now they're not only alone, they have many, many, many people that are doing really dope shit. They need some hits. They need some big, big mainstream appeal, gargantuan megaton show series, like series. Yeah. Last mm -hmm. of Us could definitely be that. 100%. Let's talk about story number five. Digital Eclipse has begun discussions to remaster Marvel vs. Capcom 2. This is Chris Golian at VGC. Retro specialist Digital Eclipse has made its desire to remaster Marvel vs. Capcom 2 clear to both Disney and Capcom. In an interview with GamerHub TV, Digital Eclipse uh, studio head Mike Mika stated that both companies had been approached and it was now up to them to come to an agreement. In recent years, this studio has worked with both Disney and Capcom to release a number of retro compilations, including the Disney Afternoon Collection and the Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection. The studio, under the name Backbone Entertainment at the time, had previously developed a digital-only port of Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on Xbox 360 and PS3 in 2009, but these were pulled from each system's digital store in 2013 following the expiry of Capcom's contract with Marvel. Quote, in some ways, because we're the last ones to touch that game, we, f we, we feel kind of like the kid that's part of a divorce, Mika said. Quote, I don't have any insight between Capcom and Disney. I know them both pretty well, and they're great to work with, end quote. Following a recent investment pitch where the studio raised over $10 million thanks to investors and fans of the studio, investors were asked which properties they would like to see getting the digital Eclipse treatment, and according to Mika, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 was easily one of the most requested titles. Tim, this would be amazing news if this actually like made uh, it to release. Yes, I want this so bad. I think this is great. Marvel vs. Capcom 2 is a classic video game. Legitimately one of the best video games of all time. Definitely one of the best fighting games. It is it is oozing with charm and character uh, and characters. 56, if I remember correctly. So much awesome shit going on in this video game. It is such a, a huge part of Legacy. It's where so many people learned about so many different Capcom characters and Marvel characters. Uh, but more than that, I, I think that 
it's criminal that the game is not available to play anywhere now because of all this dumbass licensing shit here and there. And, you know, the, these digital ports that came out at this point two generations ago, which is crazy to think about. Um, it, it's just sad that that's the state of affairs for MVC2 at this point. But what I love more than anything is that Maximilian Dude single-handedly is making this happen. He came out and, like... I was like, hey, I'm Tim Gettys. I'm trying to save the Bandicoot. I essentially just took credit for things that were happening behind the scenes. If this fucking happens, Maximilian Dude gets full-on credit for saving this shit, and good on him. Good on him for being a voice for the fighting game community. Love that. Hashtag free MVC2. Tim, let's jump into our final news story for the day. This is one that uh, you added. This is actually a collection of news stories. In fact, it's a collection of collections. Let's start off with Castle uh, Castlevania Advanced Collection rated for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC in Taiwan. Uh, this is Sal Romano at Gematsu. The Taiwan Digital Game Rating Committee has rated Castlevania Advanced Collection for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. The unannounced collection was first rated in Australia on June 18th, then again in Korea on June 25th. While the Australian rating listed the game as multi-platform and the Korean rating for PC, this is the first time console platforms have been specified the collection will presumably include the three castlevania games released for game boy advance from 2001 to 2003 uh, castlevania circle of the moon in 2001 castlevania harmony of dissonance in 2002 and castlevania aria of sorrow in 2003 before we jump into the next one tim castlevania game boy advance games how you feel about it oh i mean are you kidding me some of the best freaking video games of all time like this collection sounds insane like to think back to 2001 to 2003 what an era man the gba the ps2 xbox and gamecube like how the fuck did we get these three games year after year after year video games were on one then man like that shit is crazy remember remember like that when you talk about getting like game after game right like that's a good one to point out with castlevania on the on the gba but like GTA back to back, GTA three, Vice City, San Andreas, Tony what? Hawks back Tony to Hawk? back, like the like the, all the EA Sports big games, NFL streets, NBA streets back to back. God, the game so bubble was on fire. <laughs> God, you gotta love it. And so yeah, you really shout do. Out to that. I love this, and at the end of the day, I think this is great. Obviously, it's easy to make fun of Konami, deservedly so, with how they're treating their video games. But uh, this is a step in a direction that I enjoy, and I have to back because. There's quality video games that need to be preserved and need to be enjoyed by a whole new generation of people because these games will hold up. These are fantastic video games. Hell yeah. Uh, And for the other collection news story, Disney brings its classic games collection back with 16-bit The Jungle Book and SNES Aladdin games. This is Daniel Vukovic at Vooks, which is a source that I don't source often. Vooks. Released at the end of 2019, the original Disney classic games, Aladdin uh, and The Lion King, was a comprehensive collection of classic 16-bit Disney games. Except it was missing one thing, the SNES version of Aladdin developed by Capcom. Now Disney has shelled out the shekels and got got the rights to the game in this new collection. Oh, and now The Jungle Book is along for the ride as well. The new updated package will go on sale this November. The elephant in the room, though, this is being touted as an entirely new release. We're not sure if those who who bought the first incarnation will get access to the SNES version of Aladdin or the Jungle Book. Uh, Aladdin includes difficulty adjustments, camera changes, and additional surprises. All games include updates to 1080p graphics. You can rewind gameplay up to 15 seconds and even fast forward through the game as well. The games also include quick save. 
Tim, is this one that, uh, that, that gets you excited as well? Uh, it does based on the conversations we just had the last one and a half news stories about preservation of old video games. Like this is actually a really big deal. Like this, this collection came out, uh, in 2019 i own it on multiple consoles now and it's a funny thing where these disney 2d platformers of the genesis uh super nintendo era are in my opinion a little bit more nostalgic than they are quality mm. um but that's definitely true in the terms of they were different games on the different consoles bless i don't know if you played through these but like the capcom released super nintendo aladdin very different game than the genesis released aladdin a lot of similarities but there's key differences including shinji mikami working on uh the aladdin on super nintendo with crazy That's stuff awesome. Be- Did not know because that. of licensing and because of uh just the way that things worked with capcom they weren't able to be part of this release so this is a weird thing where this being an, is a new game it does suck for people that bought the original game and like it doesn't seem like there will be a upgrade path for that um but i i think that this is just a, a an example of something we're going to see more of in video games where licenses just get more and more complicated but there are more and more groups out there trying to simplify it as much as possible and trying to preserve all of it and that's going to result in multiple releases in some cases because they don't have the license but once they get it they want to be able to put that out and i think that collecting all these games all the versions of these games together uh is a a really cool really cool product at the end of the day yeah I, th- I think one this is awesome for video game presentation uh or preservation sorry and then uh you know you mentioned one you like you met you like you asked like i don't you don't know if i if i like touched the different versions of these games before uh one thing i i, I do want to throw out there i have played the super nintendo version of pinocchio <laughs> Uh, a one go. that's not talked about as much i have played like one of the aladdin games but pinocchio is actually the one that i have probably the most nostalgia for and you talk about you know these games are often more nostalgia driven than quality in terms of like people's want for them i would love some kind of re-release or repackaging of the pinocchio game not because it's a good game but i would have a good time revisiting it i remember having i have some great memories of just playing that game with friends and having a, having a dumb time playing that over and over again and so disney make it happen but he ain't lying his nose ain't grown you can tell he wants it exactly exactly my nose is still, the, same, still the same size tried, tim. T- i did i did hey you got there tim a pinocchio re-release on current consoles is probably just so far away if i want to know what's coming out to mom and drop shops today where would i look the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show host that's us each and every weekday you remember the toy story games on the ps1 fuck yeah i do oh yeah those back too (laughs) speaking of games that again aren't quality whatsoever but my nostalgia makes me want to play them again toy story for those old consoles man dude i rented toy story on the super nintendo no less than seven times and there wasn't a single moment not one single time that i got past oh my god Barrett, God bless you. God bless you just having this ready. There wasn't a single time I made it past the RC level, which I think was level four. It's really early in the game and it just drastically changes the gameplay style. And I've never been good at the top-down racing shit. Keep going forward, uh, Barrett, in this. it's. I don't think I ever got past this level. This was the level. (laughs) This level one? (laughs) Wait, is this level one still? No, because here's the RC shit. Yeah, oh this is what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks it's just, so janky. Now, yo, this, this was shit for, sucked. What platform was this? 
Uh, this looks to be the Windows on, version. Yeah, but... I played this on PC. I remember this boss fight too, and I was this was, was there, not fun. What game am I thinking? Because I'm thinking of a 3D platformer. Maybe it's you're, Toy Story you're 2. You're thinking Toy, Toy Story 2, 2, where you play as Buzz and you start okay. off in like the garage and stuff. Yes. Okay, dude. Why does Toy Story has such an interesting legacy in video games? Because wasn't there a Toy Story 3 video game on PS3 that was mm -hmm. a big deal? Yeah. Yeah. It was. A, it wasn't. It kind of like a sandbox game too, or like you could just like, something like create that. Your own shit. That was one of those weird examples where it was a game using an engine of another game. Like another example of what I'm talking about is there was a Nightmare Before Christmas game on PS2 uh -huh. that straight up just uses the Devil May Cry engine. It's a Devil May Cry <laughs> game, Dude, but it's Nightmare Before Christmas. What was the other game? There, there's like a... Uh, there's also the, the Buzz Lightyear uh, Space Commander game, which was dope as hell, let me tell you. What's the vamp Vampire Hunter that people love? Blood <laughs> Who's not, not Blade uh, and not Buffy. There's Angel. Van... Van is it Van Halen? Oh, Van Helsing. Van Helsing. Van Helsing. Van Helsing. Van Helsing had a PS2 game that was also Van Devil May Cry. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. I was like, my, in my mind, I knew so. You knew it was wrong, but you had. To I knew go it for was it. wrong, but I knew it was something like Van Halen. But I was like, it's not Van Halen, but I want to say Van Halen. Van Helsing. There's a Van Helsing on PS2 <laughs> that is basically Devil May Cry. That is also what exactly what Van you're Halen about. Vampire Hunter. But okay. also on another, on like another, like similar situation. There's a game called Scooby Doo Night of 100 Frights on the PS2 oh, that yeah. I believe is basically a reskin. Of SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom. I can't prove that, but I remember reading that somewhere and being like, that seems spot on. Barry, if you could search that up for me and confirm really? that. I don't think so. I don't... Let me know I'm if you can say find no that, on Barrett. That one. I'm going to say no. On that one. <laughs> as as, but research it though. Research it just to make sure. As you're doing that, out today, we got Seize the Day for PC. We have one new date for you. Good Night is coming to Steam uh, on September 17th. And then, remember, you can go to patreon.com says God Funny Games where you can get the show ad-free. You can write in with your questions, but you can also write in with your squad-ups just like Infinite Corpse did. Infinite Corpse writes in with a squad-up on Game Pass and says, Hey, y'all, I know we're, big, we're all big sticklers for the rules here at Kind of Funny, but I mm -hmm. hope it's cool that this isn't exactly a squad-up. It's in the same vein, though. The Infinite Fall title... Night in the Woods is set to leave Game Pass at the end of the month. The game takes place in the days surrounding Halloween, making it the perfect pick for this time of year. Word to the true Halloween king. Thank you. Uh, it's a game I absolutely fell in love with during the pandemic, and I thought I'd give it a proper shout out before it leaves the platform for anyone that hasn't caught it yet. It's only a single player title, so this is more, uh, more like just a last call. It's an exploratory side-scrolling adventure uh, with a cute but rugged sort of art style. You play as May, a college dropout returning to her small hometown. There, she reconnects with old friends and grapples with the changes her home has undertaken in her absence. If that wasn't bad or angsty enough, uh, she will soon discover a mystery lurking in the town's shadows, leading her and her friends on a journey to unravel a ball of yarn better left untouched. Did I mention she's a cat? She's a cat. I just love this game and the story it tells so much. Plus, the timing couldn't be more perfect. Well, maybe like one more month. Anyway, the clock is ticking for those of you balling on a budget uh, that are in any way sold from what I've just said. Thanks a bunch, Infinite Corpse. If you want to play Night in the Woods, again, it's on Game Pass currently, but the time is running out to check that out. Thank you, Infinite Corpse, for the heads up. 
now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in less than what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those uh, listening later on podcast services and watching later on youtube.com slash games. A bunch of you guys are writing in about the McGriddle. I mean, I'm sorry, Blessing. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'd like to apologize. Oh, okay. But I'm actually, this is my year wrong. I don't know what's happening with this McGriddle egg McMuffin debate, but I will not sit here and have people besmirch the good name of the egg McMuffin. It is the oh, goat of breakfast right. sandwiches. No, no. I will, will not be taking questions. Great. That is all. Blessing, all this is great because this is their nail in the coffin. And our like, it's my point that the McMuffin is for old people who like dry shit. And who's the oldest person at Kind of Funny Blessing? Nick Scarpino. Nick Scarpino. The That's final nail point. in the coffin that the McMuffin is the inferior breakfast food. Thank you. I mean, you're implying then that old people don't have taste. Old like, people like, also being order filet fish with black coffee, Tim. They don't. Yep. Okay. Here's, like, shout out to the filet of fish. I will not accept now, th- that no, slander. I'm, and I'm not speaking specifically what? about the filet of fish. It's specifically the order of the filet of fish with the black coffee. So you're the only one bringing together. up the black coffee, Barrett. What? <laughs> We're just somebody talking about trust. the filet of fish. Somebody who um, I trust I very much. Also, I was joined. the one who brought up the filet of fish first. It was my joint. Joey Noel, I trust yeah. you more than I trust anybody else at this company. I just oh, want you to know. You're not gonna like my answer. What are you? Oh, oh God! How do I get? How do I get rid of Joey in the chat? Uh, I am Team Egg McMuffin or Team Sausage McMuffin. Let's be real. Greg Miller's a crazy yeah. person Greg for ordering the, the regular McMuffin. Uh, the, my biggest issue with the McGriddle is that it comes with like who wants cheese with their like sweet weird pancake bread things i think that's weird i don't want cheese on it i don't like it uh, bear i need you to use your authority in this discord to kick joey noel Thank i was saying that bear. was taken away from me uh from when i would do it to kevin all the time mm-hmm. we should get that Let's back love mcdonald's because... guys this has been an episode. This has been this has been a crazy episode of this show. Just so everybody knows, there have mm-hmm. been there's been so much chaos, and I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Uh, we got like d- conflicting your wrongs. Charles Jacobson writes in and says, uh, "McRiddles was included <laughs> in the dollar menu," but then Madeline says the sausage McRiddle was on the two dollar menu when McDonald's created the one dollar, two dollar, three dollar tiers. Um, and so I need more more context on that. Uh, just keep writing in over the course of the day, and I'm sure Greg will love that when he's hosting tomorrow. Uh, let's see. We've covered that. Remember, you can listen to the full Roper report before you write in and tell us what we're missing, guys. Uh, let's see. Mm-mm-mm. Do you guys talk about the collections that uh, are coming out? That got announced, the <laughs> yeah, we did, we, we, we did talk about the collections that are uh, coming okay, out. Yeah, okay, we did. Okay. Uh, then one more nanobot just says Battle for Bikini Bottom came out one year after Night of 100 Frights. Which... It's literally impossible. Blessing. Well, no, I said, um, wait. Oh, Battle for Bikini Bottom came out after. Oh, yeah. so Battle for Bik- Bikini Bottom was the clone of Night of 100 Frights. No, we just look- I showed you guys like several minutes of gameplay and they d- shut up, Blessing. <laughs> I was now looking at the monitors, so you know, I was reading your. <laughs> That's it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Uh, today's Monday, which means we have a whole week of hosts coming up for you. Uh, tomorrow, you're getting Tim. Oh, you're getting Tim and Gary Widow. Oh, I'm sorry for that, Tim. You're going to have a lot of your wrongs about McGriddles. Uh, on Wednesday, you're getting me and Andy. On Thursday, you're getting Tim and Tim. And on Friday, you're getting Greg 
and me. If you're watching this live on Twitch, after this is Mike and Nick playing Gas Station Simulator. If you want to catch that stream <laughs> later, subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>